and we will start with uh, Sarah for Fangirls. Hello, we're so excited to meet you and see you. And I'm Sarah from Fangirls Going Rogue. Hi. And hello. Now you're known for playing two iconic characters in Bo-Katan and The Mandalorian, and also Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. And they both kind of set their own rules. So is there something about this type of character that you're drawn to specifically? <laughs> Um, listen, I, I, I am such a rule follower in my own life, so <laughs> it's, it's very nice to live vicariously through these women. Um, but no, I, I love complicated women. I, I find them to be uh, the most relatable. Um, you know, life isn't black and white, and I, and I think that I, I find them to be the most interesting to sort of um, live in for a while, for sure. Charlotte from Sky Talkers. Hi, Katie. I'm Caitlin Hi. from Sky Talkers. It's so nice to talk to you today. Hi. In this season, how would you describe Din and Bo's relationship? Um, you know, um, he's a he's a bit of a distraction and a nuisance to her. You know, I think that he inserted himself in a plan that she uh, thought was going to go one way, and and uh, you know, uh, didn't really work out the way that she wanted it to. Um, I I think that that Bo-Katan truly believes that the only way to rule her people is, is by possessing the dark saber. And I think that if, if, if I were her and, you know, we've all seen her sitting on that throne stewing, I'd be figuring out how to get it back, you know? Um, and I think that that may, uh, (laughs) it probably permeates most of her thinking at this point. Richard. Hey there, I am Richard from Sky, walking through Neverland. Hello. Great to talk with you, and, and you look fantastic today, by the way. Thank you. And speaking of looking fantastic, can you talk about Bo-Katan's armor? How the Mandalorians like to personalize their armor. Did you personalize Bo-Katan's armor in any way? So, uh, you're right. Armor is incredibly personalized in the Mandalorians, and I think that's one of the things, as like just a, a fan of Star Wars and like a Katie on set... Walking around and looking at all of the different armor this year was absolutely so much fun. Um, you know, our costume department is uh, just unmatched. They're so good at what they do. And and um, um, you see how I'm avoiding the question that you asked me, right? Um, <laughs> yes, I know this is, you know, um, we'll see. <laughs> Okay, got it. Thank you. Kerwin, go ahead. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hi. So you portrayed the character Bo-Katan in both the animated and live-action series. How did you approach playing this character in these different formats, and what were some of the challenges and opportunities of bringing Bo-Katan to life in a live-action setting? Such a good question. Okay, so so voice acting for for Bo-Katan is a completely different medium. When I'm in the the voice recording booth, 
I can do whatever I want with my body. I'm not restricted. There is a level of freedom that comes from uh, just focusing on what your voice is doing and not having to think about what your hands are doing at the same time. And so then once I started playing Bo-Katan in live action, all of a sudden I had to figure out how she moved, how she walked, how she carried herself. What did her hands do? And and what I realized from watching the animation and then putting on her armor and having played the voice for so long, what I realized is that Bo is incredibly stoic and she is purposeful with her movements. When she moves and when she speaks, it's very intentional. And so I had to calm myself when I played her and make sure that I didn't move as much as I do in the booth. So when I put the helmet on and play Bo-Katan, it is the closest thing. I love it because all of a sudden my face can do whatever it wants to, and I don't have to worry about that I look like Katie, who's, like, excited that she's in Star Wars. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Brian? Hey, Brian with Full of Sith. Um, I want to ask... You've talked a lot, even just in this interview, about being a big Star Wars fan, and I kind of wanted to go back and see if you could walk us through the experience in Season 2 of getting to, like, be on set with Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. (laughs) I wish I was on set with Mark Hamill. Um, So um, Dave Filoni, as good of friends as we are, and as much as I trust him, and as much as I say that he is the kindest, most sincere, most authentic, most amazing man in the entire world, lied to my face and told me it was Plo Koon. And I believed him because it was just an actor with dots on his face. And I believed him. I was like, Dave Filoni would never lie to me. Come on, we've been friends for over 10 years now. I trust this man with like everything, especially Star Wars. Lied to my face. So I was thinking it was Plo Koon until I literally saw the episode with you all. And I saw the green lightsaber And I saw the cloak, and I went, stop it. Stop it. And I saw the X-Wing. I saw all of the things that you guys saw and was like, and texting Dave all at the same time. And all I texted him was, Plo Koon? Question, exclamation, question, exclamation, question, exclamation. And then an angry face. He lied to me. Dan? (laughs) Oh, that was really fun to listen to. Uh, hi, I'm Dan Zare from Coffee with Kenobi. Hello. Hello there. So, uh, speaking of Dave Filoni, what have you learned about uh, as an actor and a storyteller from spending time with both Dave Filoni and Jan- John Favreau throughout this whole process? Yeah. So, I mean, talk about commitment to your work with Dave. I mean, he literally lives this. He he knows this world better than anybody, probably better than George at this point. Um, you know, and 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 it's what he does with an absolute passion that drives him. And and I love talking to him about it all the time. It, it's just a joy. Um, and you know, from from John, I mean. John is a master. I've 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 wanted to work with John since I got into this business. He was like on my list of people I wanted to work with. Um he's just such a good storyteller and he he really has the ability to 
lead you on a journey and see the big picture but focus on the small details and and he's just so good at what he does Sarah thank you do you think that Bo-Katan's sister Satine's life choices and her tragic death really weigh on Bo-Katan and maybe inform your performance in any way absolutely you know I, I think that when I think that one of the things that I think people don't realize is how young she was in Clone Wars because we never really talked about it. Um, and she was young and she was impressionable and, and she believed because she was she was literally raised to be the warrior in the family. Her sister was was in government. She was the warrior. That was her place. And, and to take that away from the Mandalorian people, she did what she thought was right and she aligned herself with people that she trusted and by the time she realized the error of her ways, it was too late and it cost her sister her life. Um, I think that that affects everything that she does. Every move she makes, everything she's doing now is to try and make up for that one moment. Caitlin? Hi, so excited to see you in season three. I'm so excited. I really <laughs> um, do you see Bogaton as a character who is after redemption? Mm. I think that Bo has too big of an ego to realize that that should be what she's doing. Um, and and um, you know, maybe the the having lost everything um, and where we find her in the beginning of the season could put, put her on that journey potentially. Richard and Sarah. Hey there. Good to speak with you again. It's only yeah. been a couple of minutes. <laughs> You've been to so many conventions meeting so many fans. What memories do you have of meeting someone who either brought a tear to your eye or made you laugh really hard? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many, you know, I've, I've, I've been doing this for a long time now and one of the things that I always found to be incredibly important is going to conventions. Um, it is part of the sci-fi world. It is part of the fan base. And I think that um, uh, to, to deny that is um, a disservice to the genre. Um, and I, I love going and talking to the fans and listening to what they liked about the thing that I did or talking about some other project that we both think is really fun. Um, you know, it's just, it's something that's really important to me. And, and, um, there's been moments that I've laughed hysterically. You know, I, I was just at a convention and I told the story of basically how I, you know, peed on myself in costume. It was fantastic. You know, my suit is a one piece and I have to go to the restroom like normal person. And um, we couldn't get the whole thing off fast enough. And so they created a zipper for me to try out and it, it didn't work. Um, and um, so we scrapped that idea and then just got more proficient at taking the suit off. So I've, I, you know, I try to make conventions fun and I try to give away little, little tidbits of, you know, uh, information that people won't get anywhere else because it's, you know, hysterical. Well, thank you very much. And you aren't the only actress who's peed on herself in a Star Wars film or TV show. Listen, when you are in all of this stuff, you're lucky if that's all you do. 
Kerwin and Keith. Hello, Katie. Hi. Hello again. Hi. Uh, Bo-Katan, hi. Bo-Katan is a character with a rich and complex backstory. What drew you to this character and how did you prepare for the role? So, I, you know, originally when I got offered the role of Bo, um, it, was, it was a very, very quick conversation with uh, Dave and, and sort of my team. And it was just like, do you want to play a female Mandalorian warrior in an animated series? And I was like, of course I do. Um, and, and jumped at the opportunity. I really didn't give it a second thought because I, I was brought up on Star Wars. To be in Star Wars was like the pinnacle thing, you know, that you go after. And um, so it was almost working backwards in the sense that, you know, once I, I had the opportunity to play her in live action, that's when that work started coming in. And I, I started questioning all the things uh, that she'd been through and what that looked like. And, and you know, I started doing the work of, of, of an on-screen actor, which is different than, in my opinion, than the work of a, a voice actor. You learn the story just as well, but at the end of the day, it's my voice conveying someone else's words and story. It was what Dave wanted it to sound like. Um, and then once we went into animation and I took a little bit more ownership over the character, I started really working and trying to understand who she was and where she came from and the, the decisions that she'd made in her life that sort of put her on the trajectory of where we found her in Mandalorian. Brian? I imagine it hits you differently as a Star Wars fan seeing your voice come out of an animated character, you know, like that that I'm in Star Wars giddiness versus seeing yourself in person in Star Wars. Like, which which did hit harder for you? Or what was that experience like, you know, processing the fact that you got to be in Star Wars? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that, that the... The idea of playing a Star Wars character in in any medium was not lost on me from the very beginning. You know, I mean, I, I took the role because I I never dreamed that that Bo would be in live action. Um, and you know, but seeing yourself in Star Wars next to a Jedi, like it's there's it's just crazy. I mean, like the little girl in me who, who watched, you know, um, the original trilogy with my dad when I was like six years old, like would have just died. You know what I mean? Like she would have just, it's just such a cool thing. And, um, I don't, you know, it'd be hard pressed for anything to compare. Dan. So you talked a little bit earlier about your differences uh, between yourself as a person and then, of course, Bo-Katan and then Starbuck. But I also am a huge Battlestar Galactica fan, so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you <laughs> some key similarities and differences for you between Bo-Katan, Starbuck, and also I loved you as Sarah Corvus in The Bionic Woman, too. Oh, thank you. I loved that show. Too short-lived. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a there is a youthful angst to to Starbuck that is exhausting um you know she is really trying to figure out who she is and where she fits in the world and what her purpose is and she's fighting back against authority and you know um probably a little like Bo-Katan when we first meet her um in Clone Wars um but I think that 
<laughs> because of the the tragic ending of Starbuck, we never got to see her um, grow into a a, a a a woman, really. You know, um, and and I think that Bo has all of these life experiences and all of these tragedies and all of these burdens and and the weight of of the you know self-imposed you know desire to lead I think all of that has created this character that is um incredibly complicated and heavy and um tragic you know um and then you know Sarah Corvus was just nuts Sarah was just nuts (laughs) She was just crazy. <laughs> and that was fun. Like, I loved playing her. I absolutely loved playing her. That was, that was, uh, um, my first sort of like, like, uh, foray into superhero status a little bit in the sense that she had, she had superhuman strength, which was really fun to play. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you all. That concludes the round table. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for your questions. Have a good one. Enjoy the show.